Hi everyone! Welcome back to another episode of Nick and Manny's Infinite Podcast. I'm back, but I'm also alone again. This is going to be a thing for the for last episode and this episode. Um, since Nick was talking about Bond, and I could not care less about Bond or football. Nick, you know I love you, man. I'm just saying these things. Um, I also got tasked with uh, talking about Taylor Swift. And with me, I have an esteemed panel of guests. First off, you know her. You love her. She's been here three times already. And this is her fourth. Kat, welcome back to the show. It's my fourth? This is your fourth. Because we did... Or maybe this is your third. Because we did... I think it's my In third. The Heights, Dear Evan Hansen. Okay, so this is your third. This is my third. <laughs> it's like, yeah, whoa. This is your third. Oh, now I remember. Because I was going to say if we wanted to have you on for a West Side Story episode, that would have been your fourth. Which we will. Uh, no, we don't have time for that this year. We could talk about it after the fact. After the fact, sure. Yeah, we'll talk about it when that the tick, tick, DVD boom. releases. Let's talk about it that is, next. yes. I'm very excited about that. Also with me, I have two of my good friends that I met through other means on the internet. I have Steph uh, is here with me, my friend Steph, and I have my friend Amy. And they're both big uh, Taylor Swift fans. Steph and Amy, say hello to the people. Hi, I'm hello. Steph. <laughs> oh, and I'm Amy. Hi. we'll get it i promise steph and amy they're wonderful people they love taylor swift we've had conversations about it in the past um i'm just gonna say this now i think i'm gonna be verbally attacked a lot in this show (laughs) not really but uh only if you only if you start the drama yes sometimes my tastes on taylor swift are not widely liked um but i just want to preface this at the beginning this is not a taylor swift hate podcast episode at all if this it is, is you got the fact, wrong people <laughs> yes this is a celebration of taylor swift we love taylor swift in this household we love what she's doing with her masters we love what she's done for other musicians with signing record label deals saying you know you have to do this for other people we love what she's done for uh community outreach we like taylor swift here okay if i don't like her music that is not a dig on taylor swift at all because i'm sure she's a wonderful great human being and i don't want this to just be bashing on taylor swift and that's why i have three people that love taylor swift and love this album and it means a lot to them and i don't want to take anything away from any of that stuff i just want to get that out at the very beginning thank you for prefacing with that that's very appreciated <laughs> good answer good, good no 100 because because taylor swift you know she's a female artist who receives hate online for talking about her experiences and we don't want to be you know perpetuating those ideas or stereotypes or anything like that no we we like Taylor Swift for what she does because it means so much to a lot of people and it means a lot to you three. And so I want to get that out at the very beginning that, you know, my opinions on her music are not my opinions on her as a person. Most of the time, there are a couple of things, but you know, that's not, it's neither here or there for the purposes of this specific episode. Since we're saying all this quick question, can we, can we swear on your podcast? Yes, you can swear. Okay. Well then I would love to say that since we're, starting off with this that you know we love taylor swift we appreciate her for what her what she does this isn't to like talk down on her or anything i would like to quote miss taylor swift herself and say fuck the patriarchy anyway yes yes we love it on a keychain i ordered that (laughs) except not his keychain 
She dropped that for merch and I ordered it. I couldn't help myself. Oh my okay, I've I've made a mission because I like I literally just went to Disneyland. I I've made it a goal I like I can't look at her website right now because I'm like I will spend too much money. <laughs> so I'm like waiting until it's closer to Christmas time. Totally get that. This has been her biggest merch time I think probably ever and it's been the best merch that she's ever released it's it's been really really good well also to go off what Manny says I feel like a lot of people that perpetuate or continue those ideals of her aren't the people who really listen and like actually do their research they kind of just go off of like the 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 first glances of what she's in the media for because I feel like anybody who actually takes the time to listen to her work whether or not you like it it's like you see that she's really not these ideas people have of her so that's why you have us to be like actually we've listened to this interview or we've we've listened to these songs and like whether or not you like her you have our voices to say like as people who have been watching her for years and following her for years we can say the contrary to some of those misinterpretations 100 percent. i just want to i just wanted to get that known at the very beginning because a male talking about Taylor Swift can only go one of two ways. Either you say something good and positive or you're Brian. Uh, anyway. <laughs> and we all know <laughs> last night was a, was a prime example of what happens to Brian when he talks out of line. Yes. Uh, if you don't know Wanger's episode with Eric Striffler, it's a great episode. Go listen to them. They're great people. Um, before we begin, so we know a little bit about Kat, but Steph and Amy, is there anything that you'd like people to know about you guys before we continue on with the Taylor Swift discussion? Well, Manny, like he said, we met through internet means, through mutual friends and mutual interests during the pandemic, as many people did, you know. Um, and then for Taylor Swift, I've been a big fan of her since 2000. Seven, I want to say. I think her first release of Fearless is the first time that I listened to an album all the way through right when it launched, and it's just become a tradition for me ever since. Awesome. We love to see it. Amy, let's hear about like your connection to Taylor Swift. Um, This might ruffle a few feathers, but I did not start out as a Taylor Swift fan. Um, I... And without, you know, launching into a whole discussion about, like, internalized misogyny and all of that good stuff, um, when I was, like, a teenager, you know, I didn't always gravitate toward what was, like, super popular, what was super girly. I kind of, like, stifled a lot of that down, and, like, Taylor Swift was one of those things I was kind of, like a closet fan for a long time and trying to act like I was too cool for Taylor Swift. And by the time I hit like the end of high school, I had given up. Like I was not too cool for Taylor Swift and I could sing so many of her songs, even though I didn't own any of her albums until Red, which is why this is so exciting. Cause this was actually the first, um, like album or CD of hers that I ever owned myself. Um, so yeah, it's a really exciting one. Uh, my connection to Taylor Swift is that I was a boy that grew up in an age where hating Taylor Swift was the cool thing to do. I feel like that says a lot. Yeah, I think it should be mentioned just for a little context as to how my opinion of Red is going to, and my experience with it, and with Taylor Swift greatly differs from Manny's, is that when Red first released, and I'm going to be dating myself here, but when it first released back in 2012... I was just a year younger than Manny is right now. So, mm-hmm. you know, th- 
there's definitely a little bit of a... I'm older than both of you, so... <laughs> I don't want to say it's like a... It's like you're not... Have to, have to worry. You don't have to worry about dating yourself. I'm older than both of you. Cool. Well, it, it dates myself to people who are young like Manny, I guess. Yeah, there's been a couple times where that's happened, where it's like, oh, Manny, you're so young. But Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we were um, freshmen in college when this came out. Yeah. Wow. This was 2012, so I was in sixth grade. And I remember specifically that there was a, we had to do an assignment for the outsiders where we had to pick a song and give it to a specific character. And I don't remember exactly why, um, but someone did uh, Trouble. I knew you were Trouble. You know, the classic song. Uh, <laughs> they attributed that to someone. And I was like, man, this is a really bad song. That was just being a boy at the time and hating Taylor Swift and, you know, being that kind of person, you could grow up, and for men, it's really the ideals that society puts on you of like, oh, you gotta hate all these things, like, you can't cry, you can't enjoy Disney Channel or whatever. Since then, you know, we've grown. It's been almost a decade since the album has come out. Opinions change and stuff. My opinion of the song has not changed, sadly. It's still not my favorite thing in the world, but there are good things that I can say about the album as a whole and Taylor Swift as a whole. And there have been songs that have come out in the past where I'm like, this is a good Taylor Swift song. So. Your classmate should have done The Outside by Taylor Swift. That's a I've good song. <laughs> it's off her first album. Justice for debut. Which one her is? first album is just Taylor Swift. Oh, it's just okay. called Taylor Swift. And she hasn't done that one re-recorded, correct? No. 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 All right, cool. So we listened to Fearless the first time, Me, Steph, and Amy. Yes. And that was, mm -hmm. okay. what, second, third album? That was her second, second. album. But it was her okay. first re-recording. Gotcha. Amy, do you mind explaining why Taylor Swift is re-recording all of her uh, albums right now? Well, the first, what is it, six? The first six? First six. First six. First six. Um, just in a nutshell... She does not own the rights to her own music for the first six albums. So she is re-recording them so that she owns all of all of the songs, all the masters, making sure that she owns her own intellectual property at this point. Is that cool? Yeah, no, that's okay. great. It's a great explanation because a lot of people are seeing the re-releases and sort mm -hmm. of assuming like, oh, she's just re-releasing her music to get more money. Which I well, mean, she's also giving us the opportunity as well to kind of listen to what she had intended the albums to be originally. I mean, if we look at Red when it came out in 2012 and Red that was just released, this new version has 30 tracks on it. And one of the best songs on the album, in my opinion, and probably a lot of other people's opinions, has like this extended 10 minute long version. And so we get to hear it the way that she wanted it to be with the lyrics that she wanted, produced the way she wanted, and it, it gets to be the experience that she would have intended for us originally, which is, which is different. It makes the album feel different. And the fun thing about that 10-minute track is that the fans really bullied her into releasing that. <laughs> <laughs> Encouraged. <laughs> Encouraged is a good word. <laughs> I know, just, Persuaded. you know, the, the fans on Reddit always joke and say that we bullied her into it, so, you know. Well, I feel like, I feel like it was a rumor at first. They were like, they're like, oh, I hear there's this 10-minute version, and everybody like me who loves that song was like, what? And like, oh, we gotta hear this, and so it's like, even though, even though this horrible thing has happened of her not, not having the rights, the one, like, 
I don't even want to say silver lining because it's terrible that she didn't have them in the first place, but it has given us this gift of giving her this reason to to release the song and it's and it's like rightful glory. Absolutely, because when she first wrote it, I mean, she had all these extra verses, all this extra stuff to it, and you know, y- you can't really. I mean, not in 2012 and not when you're, she was a big artist at the time, but she was nowhere near as big as she is now, but you can't just release a 10 minute song that doesn't do anything Mm -hmm. for you and for your career. So it's nice that she's in the place now where she can release it. And, you know, you see all the people on Twitter saying it's the only 10 minute song that doesn't feel like it's 10 minutes long. Right. I also feel like she had a bit like even even now she she does have a reputation for <laughs> reputation for being like you that I I promise that was not intentional. <laughs> no, it was. But good. even 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 back then, it's like there was def- they definitely and she talked about like in her documentary. If you haven't watched the documentary, go watch it, Miss Americana. Um, but they were all they were always really pushing her as the quote unquote good girl, and. There's this idea that if you're the good girl, like, you don't swear, you don't do this, you don't do this. So, like, so, like, in this song, when she, even though she just has, like, I think just one curse, like, some of the stuff that she's shown recently, it's, like, if she did that back in the day, even though, even if it's just a little bit cursed, and they'd be, like, oh, but she's, like, the, I feel like it, the, the people who were worried about her image might have, might have, like, spoken up saying, like, well, don't release this right now, because you're, you're, like, the girl next door image, you know what I mean? And I think we saw that in the documentary, too, when she was talking about, mm-hmm. like, her political affiliation and how they didn't want her to yes. say anything. oh my god. That was a big point of contention in, in the documentary, and I know that was, like, a big deal for her. Yeah, absolutely. I have not Did seen... you not watch the documentary, Manny? I did not see the documentary that you guys are talking about, so I'm a little lost. What is the documentary, and where can people find it? It's called Miss Americana, and you can find it on Netflix. I cried. Me too. Oh my, it's, it's, it's hard. Oh my God. It's, it's, especially like for anybody who really feels for her. Like I don't, I can't speak on behalf of people who like don't have that emotional connection to her. Cause it's like with me, anytime I see her in an emotional situation, I cry just cause I love her so much and just cause I feel for her. But, um, for one, it's just, it was just a documentary of like certain years of her life. So it's not all about this idea, but she was going on about like how hard people were people were pushing for her to have a very specific image of like even to the point of them saying like oh well like the band the Dixie Chicks like they've been in trouble in the media recently so don't promote them and even though she loved them just anything that could potentially like put her in like in murky water of like problematic or anything they just really wanted to push her being this this good girl and to the point where it was like honestly kind of toxic and it's just like yeah yeah part of that was just part of that was just who she who she chose to be like a certain amount of it was just like how she is as a human because she's a nice person but there's also this I feel like and just in the grand scheme of things there's this toxicity to the idea of a good girl it's like it's become more like obedient and nice and quiet and they like and they push that with her of like having her not say certain things in interviews or not speak about political beliefs or any of that and just kind of follow the straight and narrow and any beliefs she had to the contrary were kind of like kept under the rug yeah I actually just rewatched Miss Americana when I was doing my mental preparation for the red re-recording <laughs> <laughs> um but I just rewatched it and she you know it talks about so many different aspects of her life over the course of you know her 
she talks a little bit about growing up. She talks about her time in the spotlight, like how she got to be where she is. And when she talks about being a good girl, she talks about how so much of her like image of herself and her self-worth was based on the idea that she always just thought that she was supposed to be a good girl. So all these things would happen that would make her feel like, well, maybe I'm failing at that. Maybe I'm not a good girl. And that was really hard. And, you know, she goes into whole, the whole Kanye West thing, starting with the VMAs and how that really impacted her. And something that she talked about in Miss Americana that stuck with me from the first time I watched it is that she said that when Kanye West came on stage and interrupted her um, and everybody was booing for him, you know, she was 19 at the time. She thought that they were booing her. And that was like such an incredibly formative experience for her. So Manny, I really recommend you watch it. You probably won't, but it's honestly, <laughs> it goes into her career. She at least have, about, at least have it on in the background while you're working or something. Yeah, she talks about like her eating disorder. She talks about, uh, she, she talks about her career and how she disappeared from the public eye. She talks about how she fell in love. She talks about her political beliefs. It's really, really interesting. Steph, if you would have told me about this earlier, I would have watched it for tonight. Listen, <laughs> oh, so, it, so it's Steph's fault. I, I've listened. No, Maybe. no, it, it's not Steph's fault. I'm just saying that I would have done it for you guys. Like, I, I'm not here. You could have asked. Well, I you didn't. didn't I didn't know. Chat. I said, we would have assigned you required reading for this. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. So you give would me have. homework. I'm sure you would have. We only talked red, but there's so much more to. Oh, 100%. Taylor Swift is a very interesting figure. She's had a lot of experiences in the music industry that you could talk about, whether it's the Scooter Braun incident or Kanye or Kanye again. Um, <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot that I'm sure that she has to say. And so uh, I would have watched it. We can always do a part it. two. <laughs> um, there's a lot that I, you know, I would have done would it for you guys. I would come back for a part two. <laughs> I would come back for a part two. Oh, they, we have a lot to say, so we sure do. Next re-record, next next re-recording, next next release. Well, because yes. Steph, for the last the last year, I have been you know going through Taylor Swift with you. We started going through a uh, folklore one song at a time, <laughs> and we never finished it. Yeah, I can't um, remember where we oh stopped. I feel like we stopped somewhere like I think yeah. two songs after uh, halfway through. I for, I forgot what it was, but it's the one with Bonnie Vare. Oh, uh, we stopped, I think like two or three Exile. songs after Exile. that. One. Yeah, it's a good song. My first, my first duet with with Bobby. Aww. Boom, Bobby of Bobcat. Lord. You know what? I won't get to plug that I'm gonna <laughs> do right now. I'm sorry, guys. Um, do you it. know you can go listen to to uh, Taylor Swift, uh, Red Taylor's version on Spotify Premium if you have Xbox Game Pass because they give you, I think, three <laughs> months of Spotify Premium for free with your Xbox Game Pass subscription. So not only are you getting hundreds of great AAA games, but you're also getting access to Spotify Premium to listen to Taylor Swift's version of Red without interruption and without shuffling. And you also get, I believe, one or two months of Disney Plus where you can go watch Folklore. It's her going through all of the songs um, with her partners and her producers and she talks a little bit about them, the inspiration and stuff. So if you want to go listen to Folklore 
um, see her perform them live with some other people, you should go subscribe to Xbox Game Pass because you get access to those things. $15 a month, I believe you get your first month for $1.99. So go do that right now. You sound like you're sponsored. Are you sponsored? <laughs> Steph, I really wish. Hold on. I also have to say the other thing. Daddy Phil, come on. Sponsor us. Sponsor the show. <laughs> I will plug you every episode. Manny, Exile is track four. It's track four. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, <laughs> we lost we about four songs. Four? Well, no, I think I think we stopped around My Tears Ricochet or Mirror Ball. <gasps> that's the best. Oh, you didn't even get to My Mirror Tears Ball. Ri- Ugh, I don't remember Come if we on. did. My or not. Tears Ricochet. <sighs> Listen, you didn't get to Betty. Ugh. Not getting to August, August is my favorite. Not getting to August was a... We should have had to listen to Mad Woman in preparation for this. Oh. <laughs> well, also, My Tears Ricochet, I'm pretty sure, is about, like, Scott Borchetta. Yeah, so. I think that is. And then Mad Woman, too, is about... Okay, we definitely Scooter, have right? to have a part two just so you can come back. Yeah. Might be about both of them. I'm not... I'm honestly not sure, like... Guys, we got to My Tears about, like, Ricochet. Oh, no, wait, we probably got after that. I'm just going back to the Disney Plus, and it stops at My Tears Ricochet. So I think we got a little bit after that. Ew, is that his? Is that the goblin guy? Anyways. Uh, the goblin guy? What? Who's the goblin guy? What are you talking about? Well, what's the producer? He did the last Lord album. He has his own band, too. Jack He's Antonoff? Jack Antonoff? Yeah, Jack Antonoff, that guy. Don't say you. Don't you. Don't you. talk down on the king He's like best friends. He- Have you listened to Bleachers? Bleachers is See, incredible. I knew, I, knew, I, I knew it would happen at some point. Uh, he produced a great Lord album, and then he produced a so-so Lord album. So I have a vendetta against listen, him for ruining Lord. Go listen to his most recent Bleachers album. It's so good. He has a collab so with good. Bruce Springsteen. Okay. Also, it's incredible. Uh, Bruce Springsteen is overrated. Manny, also, Excuse me. if you just see, <laughs> see, if you see Jack Antonoff perform um, August... <laughs> it's the hap- it's the most like euphoric moment like it's the purest joy and you cannot like not enjoy him playing August. I agree. So, yeah joy is a good word it's joyful <laughs> this this is this is confirming that we will have a part two because there's we're learning there's so much research you have yet to do and this one will mostly be, be about red but <laughs> yeah don't call him a goblin yeah don't we love him we stand him yeah i loved bleachers for a long time before i even knew that's like who he was and his you know, involvement with Taylor and her music and all of that. So I have a, I have a very deep emotional connection. I listened to so many of his musical projects before I knew who he was. He's everywhere. Mm-hmm. If he's in her inner circle, that's why. If he's in her inner circle after all the shit that she's been through, then that's all I care about. Agreed. He helped write Getaway Car. He helped I write Getaway Car. So Same. I'm not saying that he's not talented. <laughs> I just made a comment. A goblin. <laughs> you made a comment him. that he's a goblin. I, I did indeed call him a goblin. I will not back down from acknowledging the words that I said. I did say that he was a goblin. Okay? We do not accept that. But I have not done a deep dive on Jack Antonoff, okay? I know a couple songs that he's done, and I know that he produces a lot of music for Taylor Swift and Lord, and that's where my understanding and knowledge of him goes i just didn't like the last lord album so have you I ever heard of the band him. fun yes he was the dr- i said that he was the drummer of fun oh i didn't hear you say that my bad yes also relating it back to taylor he has this really beautiful quote about her where it's like 
I, I don't care the exact quote, but it's like people who are as good as her usually don't work this hard or something. And like, and like, she's like early, like she works harder than anybody I know. And people that are as good as her usually don't work that hard. So he's just like constantly praising her and posts about like a post about his like admiration for her. Anytime she makes something in which she had to work her like amazing, like, um, like album of the year speed about how people are going to try to take credit for her accomplishments. Apparently he was like crying in the background. So yeah, we appreciate him in this household. <laughs> You know, last thing on Jack Antonoff, like him giving her praise is completely understandable because she released two albums during quarantine. So good for Taylor. She was busy. That's, yeah, good for her. She's a hardworking woman. And folklore, She's done folklore a lot. is amazing. She technically released more than the two, if you count the fact that she also, during quarantine, released the Folklore Long Pond sessions. She released um, Fearless. So Mm -hmm. she's done so much over the course of the pandemic, way more than a lot of other artists have. And, you know, she's been keeping her fan base fed, like truly she has given so much and it was so appreciated. This was a very hard time, like collectively that we've all been through since March of last year. And when an artist that you love is continually putting out content, it's, exciting and it helps you get through some of this really rough stuff that's going on in the world not only that but folklore was so cool because it felt so different from the last couple of albums that she did and really like all of her albums it it was a very different experience and the fact that like Evermore was kind of the sister album that went along with it and came out so soon after that one that was a very it felt like a very different experience and that like honestly folklore is probably my favorite Taylor album I think what I appreciate about folklore is like I will I will appreciate and respect any album she puts out but I think what I appreciate about folklore and kind of felt like good on her is that it felt, at least to me personally, I can't speak for anybody else, but it felt to me also like it was a bit less about what songs might do well on the, like might get more radio play and so, or like what songs might be more likely to be number number one hits and just like whatever songs she wanted to put out. Because sometimes some of her ones that are a bit more popular, like I can still, I can still get behind and see why they're so popular. And like, if they come on, I'll sing along to them, but they're just not my favorites. But with Folklore, mm-hmm. it felt like it was all just like her being like, this is what I'm writing. This is what I want to put out. It wasn't as much like, this is the, this is the catchy one or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? It just... It was just all just whatever she was feeling. And it was a bit more like melancholy and stuff, but it was so well written that, and I feel like that's one of the reasons that that's, of all her albums, that's currently my favorite. You love to see it. We love, we love artists not being held back by, I need to do this, or being, or adding more songs than they need to because saying, I need to have this deadline that one of, you know, probably my favorite album of the year that I was talking with Gabe about was Silk Sonic and it was nine tracks and people were upset that it was nine tracks and I'm like but they're releasing what they want to release so let them do it I believe in creators releasing what they want to create even if you don't like it they should have the power to do that and I'm glad that folklore seems to have done that it's the moment that everyone's been rating for rating everyone's been everyone's been rating stars for Actually, before we talk about Red, I'm sorry, guys. I keep doing this to you guys. Um, I just want to get a couple things out of the way regarding Taylor and her music before we go specifically into Red. So while listening to the album, one of the things that I 
realized, or not realized, but, you know, one of the things that became even more apparent to me is that I feel like for Taylor's music, you have to have an invested interest in, I don't want to say like her life, but similar experiences. Is that correct? I think it makes the experience of listening to her albums more fun if you're in the know versus if you're just listening to it. I would agree, but I don't think it's necessary. I think you can no. still appreciate it for what it is. I feel like, well, regardless of whether or not you like intentionally go with the hope to like enjoy her music, I also feel like she's just she's somebody who's very very talented and like in the in the sense that she she has a really good talent for regardless writing catchy songs. So like either way whether or not you want them to, some of them will get stuck in your head. Like, the ones that I'm not as in love with, I will still find myself singing just because she, she has a way to write hooks that get, yeah, get stuck in your head. Um, I feel like she just, she writes really interesting songs, and sometimes they, sometimes the ones that are more popular end up being a bit more of, like, the repetitive ones, but I don't think that interest is, is necessary. Like I, like, I think it was maybe, I don't remember if it was Amy or Steph, but, like, it can make it more fun when you're like when you listen to the whole thing but i don't think it's necessary for her music yeah i don't think it's necessary but i think you get way more out of it because me as someone who doesn't know taylor's experiences taylor's and i don't want to you know say her love life but specific people in her life that she writes about i feel like that's a fair way of saying I don't want to say a like glove life, but you know, maybe just life in general. She, she kind of she yes, writes about life, every, life in general. She writes about everything. A hundred percent. She writes about movies about she's seen. So. Like it's not it's not always personal experience. Yeah, contrary to popular belief, she writes about everything. A hundred percent. And I didn't want to say you know like her love life, but people, people, places, things that she's experienced or had experiences with. I feel like I feel like I lose out on a lot of that stuff, and with the songs specifically because I don't know the full story behind it so that's one of the things that while listening to the album i was like it sounds like it's made for someone in specific or something in specific or for people in specific like you guys because um we'll get into it later but there are a lot of experiences that you say like this album meant a lot to me because of this reason in my life or with other people and stuff so i feel like that might be something that i miss out on (laughs) Maybe I'll, I'll I'll say I do think just again I'm only speaking from my own personal experience. I for one I am somebody who has always very much had their heart in their sleeve. So whether or not it's been my personal like I didn't like date a lot when I was younger, but just anytime she she expressed intense emotion, that really connected to me. Um, also, I think maybe what you were saying before about like I think sometimes that helps to be either curious about the inspiration or either whether or not you already know who the song is about or like I think sometimes that's fun because partially because she's somebody who loves giving clues and like and loves having very specific lyrics um it might it might make it more of an entertaining experience and leave you and get you more engrossed if you're either curious about the inspiration or if you already know it or something like that where you like you're seeing the picture in your head um, which some people do and some people are just like, yeah, it's a song, whatever. Like some people listen more for the music than the lyrics or whatever. I personally am somebody who is always drawn towards the lyrics. So 
often I'm somebody who really, really relates to songs, whether or not it's my own personal experience, I really, really relate to songs that have the really emotional, honest storytelling lyrics. So that's one of the reasons that I love her so much. Um, maybe, and like, and I'm sure that like, and maybe part of it is that I'm a cis woman. I can't speak on behalf of anybody else. I just know that from my personal experiences as somebody who happens to be very open with their emotions maybe that's something that connects me more to her but yeah I I don't know I can't speak on behalf of anybody else but I know those are the reasons that some of the reasons that I gravitate towards her um I think also that she's just a really gifted songwriter like it's especially if you follow like all, all of her albums and all of her songs you will eventually like hear callbacks to certain songs and certain lyrics and certain situations in her life and like one of my favorite examples is um from the lover album and she says in the song daylight i used to think love would be burning red but it's golden and that's like calling back to red when she said loving you was red like that's what that whole callback was and it was like a few albums later when she's like i'm in this new relationship and it's not red it's this it's golden and you just have these little moments where you hear her reflecting on these other periods of her life that she's already shared with you. And it's, it's just a cool, cool connection to be able to make when you've like followed her for that long and see kind of that growth. Well, we've, we've run with her. So like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. You can also see that growth in yourself. And then like, for me, I, when I was first listening to her music, like I couldn't really relate to a lot of the relationship drama. Like I hadn't really been in many relationships and that didn't really speak to me as much as like going back and listening to it now with my different life experience that I have and being like, oh my gosh, yes. Like I can relate to that. Like that's the same thing that happened to me. And that's, that's why I think too, like going back and listening to, especially like Red, which has so many like reflection songs and breakup songs and like songs about being sad you know it's like I find that I can relate to those more now than I could the first time I listened to it yeah I do also think that it's important to note that you don't just have to have like a vested interest in herself and her love life to really to really connect to her music because I will say that even though I've been a big fan of her since like 2007 I mean, until I want to say the 1989 era, that was the first time that I really started caring about what she was writing her songs about. I mean, it was always kind of fun to like sometimes go online and see like, oh, what's this about? But it wasn't such a driving factor in it that it, you know, I was listening to the songs wanting to know who did she write this about? Why? What happened between them? For me, it was more so like back in the day just connecting with the music and relating to the things that she was writing about because she's only a few years older than me so I was having a lot of the same life experiences as her in terms of like the relationships and stuff that she wrote about kind of at the same time so I don't necessarily feel that it's you know again as we said it doesn't have to just be caring about who she's writing the songs about because when I first connected with Red in 2012 I didn't care that All Too Well was about Jake Gyllenhaal. I really didn't. And I didn't, I didn't overanalyze. Allegedly. Allegedly. We We didn't sign an NDA. We can talk about it. For legal reasons, we must say allegedly. Allegedly. (laughs) We didn't sign any contracts. (laughs) But no, I, I didn't care about that back then. And it's, 
still fun to talk about and speculate about now. But back when I first connected to Red, I connected to that album because I was feeling a lot of those things. I went through a couple different relationships at that time that really lined up with some of the stuff she wrote about. I I will say, too, from my own personal experience, to like, and to kind of go off of what Steph is saying, like, she she's so good at writing lyrics that can be very, very personal, but also universal feelings. Because there's so many things she said where it's kind of those things where, where like, it's like you're looking for the right way to describe something, and, sh- and then, like, somebody says it and, like, hits you like a ton of bricks. There's so many things that she said of, like, I didn't have any, I didn't have, like, really romantic relationships when I was younger, but I had, like, other heartbreak and other, other, like, feelings of, like, sadness and stuff where, or when she was writing about, like, just being alone at high school, like, whatever her songs were about, I had other situations or friendships or family, whatever it was, where she would say certain things, like, an all too well, she says certain things, and even though I hadn't had, like, a partner that made me feel that way, she would say certain things, and I would just be like, oh my god, yes, this is what I've been feeling, to where it's it's so much more than about like whether or not you have a boyfriend or girlfriend. It's just like, hey, these are shared human experiences, and she writes them in a very beautiful poetic way, and also in a very often catchy way, or just whatever it is that makes you want to come back to it. But it just so often, regardless of how you relate to it, it feels like so many shared experiences. Yeah, I, I feel like that's like what I was trying to get at with shared experiences um, after we went on for like 10 minutes <laughs> no no guys like i said this is your guys's episode take it away from me as much we will as possible. <laughs> um, i will well, at least we also want to know what you have to say yeah and what your thoughts right. are so that's important too you were giving us you were giving us updates as you listened to the album we were interested in your we're cautiously interested in your in your opinions <laughs> Sure, yeah, 100%. And no bitches. <laughs> That's um, really your voice one is thing. Sure. <laughs> one, more, one more thing that has nothing to do with, I guess, like this specific album. You need a plug. Um, but just in Game general. Pass. Just in general about the release um, of the re-releases. Steph, I know that we talked a little bit about this, which was album length and um, how many tracks is too many tracks you really want to get back into this yes because i I was there for that discussion too. yes amy amy was there as well um i want to say i am glad that she is releasing every song that she is releasing that is not my issue with the re-releases or the track length or anything like that i just personally feel as a newcomer who is not familiar to taylor swift listening to 30 tracks is a lot. It's two hours, ten minutes is the length of this. So no. take a break. And even take the a break. Original, and it, I, I took many breaks. I also would like to say that you are one of very, very few people left at this point that are newcomers to Taylor Swift. I also feel like I'm one of very, very few people that will also listen to albums front to back. Like and- a lot of people will just put on playlists and just be like, all right, cool, I'm going to put all these songs that are good for working out or anything like that. But I, like with people that I've talked to, I don't know many people that'll just sit down and listen to an album front to back. And I do that. I've done that multiple times this year. I do that. But I, I feel like, 
I mean, I get what you're saying from an outsider's perspective, but I also feel like this makes the most sense for her to get back control of her music to put it in these groupings that they're already in of, like, I recorded this around the Red era, or, like, I mean, she she needs to re-record them at some point anyways to have the rights to them, so why not have it be... Why not just throw them all on this one album, on the one album where it was like in within those like couple of years where that's where that song was written. And then it also generates more interest. A hundred percent. Steph made that point and it does add to the album. It's saying like, hey, these are songs that I made at this time in my life. At the same time, I do also think that I don't know if like anyone else has this opinion but I feel like I would just like an entire album of unreleased songs. And I know that the songs are put into the album because they were made at the time the album was being made. They were songs that were made for the album, essentially, that didn't make it um, for one reason or another. I'm not going to go to the whole extent of saying like they weren't good enough to make it into the album. For one, out, for one reason or another, they didn't make it uh, into the album. So I understand why they're on this album why they were on fearless as well because there were also a lot of bonus tracks on there and i like the bonus tracks there were tracks in there that i liked better than some of the ones that were on the final cut i just also do wonder to all of your guys's points of saying like it it provides intrigue it gives more insight into that time of her life i do also wonder from like a business standpoint of saying like all right here's the album and then here's, I don't know, an EP, or maybe there is enough for another album that's shorter of saying Okay, like, but that's uh, the point, right? I mean, the fact that she had to whittle it down based on the opinions of someone else from a business standpoint, and now that she's doing it by herself and not releasing it for the money, not having to worry about like her pop star image, like she gets to do it however she wants, and she gets to release all of it at once. Like that's the whole thing is she's not going to be held back by like that business business model or that typical like 13 14 15 track album like she gets to do whatever she wants yes right? and she's like, not yeah, gonna be me. held back by she's not held back by a label telling her well that's one too many breakup songs for this album or that's one too many sad songs for this album and aside from all of that I do understand Manny what you're saying about how um you know maybe she should just put these on a whole other album but this is a way to really generate interest in this release because do you know how many people are out there that wouldn't care that she's re-releasing an album that she's already released? Me. And if there weren't the extra <laughs> songs on it, like if there weren't the extra songs, there's so many people that wouldn't bother to pick up the new album or listen to it. So, And what if it was like also a statement, right? Like if she was really irritated by the people that told her no, what if she did it as a like as like an F you kind of thing to those people saying, look, look how successful this is. And I gave them all the tracks you said couldn't be on there. I yeah. also like, there's a lot of reasons she could have. I also it. think it makes sense to put it in these groupings because she said before she kind of like writes or like, she'll kind of like release stuff within like every two years of her life or, or what have you. And so I think it makes sense to have it in these groupings because you can you can kind of see by I mean I can even see the difference between the songs that she released from the vault for fearless and the songs that she released from the vault for red that you can see the passage of time like in her writing so I think it makes sense it might honestly feel a little I don't know if stilted is the right word but if she just had a album of all her unreleased songs it might feel a little bit less cohesive if it if it went from like here's these songs I wrote when I was 15, here's these songs I wrote when I was 25. So I think, I mean, also considering that there's so many people, 
myself included, who are happy to listen to it all the way through. And if you don't, and if people don't listen to it all the way through, then they can just like take breaks or whatever. To me, it makes the most sense to do it the way that she did it. I can understand, like you said, Manny, from the outsider's perspective, that it's a lot of music to take in at once. But like you said, you can always just like pause it and take a break. I feel like the way she did it makes the most sense. Completely fair points. I just wanted to. <laughs> I just wanted to bring up the com- I just wanted to bring up the conversation. We're not yelling at you, Manny. <laughs> you got you got no hundred percent. I, I know, well, I know. We're, last time guys. we had this conversation I was also hungover, so I was like really irritated. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so for anybody listening, this is a conversation that Manny, Amy and I had. I can't remember if our friend Gabe was there or not, but either way He was. Either way, like this was a very in depth conversation that we had. And Amy and I essentially read Manny the Riot Act, told him why he's wrong, and it was a a fun time. So, yeah. A hundred percent. Guys, we're, we're still here. Like, this is, it is what it is. Safe space. Safe space. Safe space. You guys, you guys wanted my opinion. I'm providing my opinion. You sound like I scared. Said, I'm glad that she's releasing. <laughs> Listen, I do get scared when talking about Taylor Swift, okay? But I just wanted to, you know, make sure we're just differing of opinions i understand your guys's opinion i feel like you guys understand my opinion and just it's a difference in the way that we view things and that's perfectly fine but we all have love love and respect for each other so even when it seems like we get a bit intense like none of us are attacking each other <laughs> exactly we're all still friends yes. we had this conversation and we're all still friends yes, yes. absolutely it's no. good a hundred percent. And and there's been worse conversations that we've had. Oh, there's been much worse. Uh, Here's the thing, like we get really heated sometimes and we get really like things get a little loud and a little tense, but it never changes. And passionate. Very, mm-hmm. very passionate. Also, I feel like I don't know if it's just for me. I feel like I've maybe calmed down a little bit on the subject, but I'm so used for so many years I feel like I had to constantly defend my love for Taylor Swift. So sometimes yes. sometimes that might come out and Sometimes that might come out now when I'm talking about it, even though I know that Manny's never, like, attacking. For so long, I would just be very, very quiet about my love for her because everybody had neg- – I'd be, like – I'd casually be, like, oh, you know, I'm very kind of Taylor Swift, and it felt like people were basically, like, oh, let me tell you all the reasons I hate her. So maybe maybe part of our intensity and our, our passion when we speak about it is just coming from that reflex to be, like, I know you hate her, but let me say my point, okay? Um so even though now people, some people have finally dialed back on the issue and like, okay, I don't, like, I'm neither here nor there on her, but I'm not going to like bash her. I still feel like part of me has that thing of like, okay, but it's been years of, it's been years of me just being used to everybody saying she's this and this and this. So when I'm saying good things about her, I feel like I also have that passion of like, I had like 10 years of people telling me why I was wrong. <laughs> So like I yeah so now I'm I like, totally I'm agree like, with I that. I was right the whole time. You don't have to like her. I'm not saying you have to love all of her music, but there's certain things that you can't deny. And just listen to me and and like don't and don't like yell at me for being a fan of her music. Yeah, I totally relate to that. <clears throat> and I this kind of like goes back to what I said about like my introduction to Taylor Swift and how I was like a closet fan for a long time and like, you know, like I spent so much time not only like defending her but like also defending myself standing up for myself and being like it's okay to it it took me a long time to get come to terms with the fact that it's okay to like like certain things especially like basic things or really like feminine things because 
most of the time when I said I liked the things like people would make fun of me they would tease me and there were a lot of years that I spent getting teased for liking a lot of different things and Taylor was one of them and so yeah I think the topic makes me kind of defensive because I ended up having to explain and like I felt the need to justify why I liked it or something like that there's just a lot of I think same negative like energy from the past and also it's Same just like here. so so many of us again I can't speak from anybody else's experience but I feel like I personally am somebody who still has to get over just in general the idea of like over explaining myself so mm-hmm. if I'm if I'm already like that in general especially on a subject like this where people are plenty of people are so sick of hearing of her and and it's a certain thing where I'm like, fair enough. She like, for, at least for a certain time, she was all over the place, and most people didn't, and most people that I was around didn't want to hear her. So like, I get people's frustrations, but I also don't want to feel like I'm getting like the death stare every time I mention like back when I was like, oh, I like that song. Like, I like the song that's been on the radio twenty seven thousand times. It makes me happy. Like, don't give me the death stare because I happen to like the thing that's overplayed. Like, just those kind of things of like feeling like kind of. You had to hide the thing that just made you happy. I'm like, I'm sorry you don't like it. I'm sorry that it, I'm sorry that you're sick of it, but also it makes me happy. So can you not make me feel like crap about this? A lot of that really came from people not liking her because she was so popular, mm-hmm. which is such mm-hmm. a stupid thing that as a society, we collectively need to stop doing that. We need to stop shaming people for liking things that are popular when the reason that they're popular is because, because people like them like because people good, like them because talented. they're good yeah so we and as I a society also, like, need to stop that let people like what they like right and like how do you how are you expected to respond to that like if you say i really like taylor swift and somebody says her music's not even that good like am i supposed to be like oh, yeah, you're right, my bad, or am I supposed to, like, am I supposed to agree with you? Like, are you trying to convince me that your taste in music is better? Like, I don't, I don't understand, like, how I'm supposed to take, or, like, what I'm supposed to say to You don't, that, you don't you always know? want to debate when you just, like, you happen to mention, that, like, it's like, I'm sorry that my favorite artist is somebody who people have an issue, like, people are tired of hearing about, like, I'm not trying to debate you on this, I'm not trying to shove it in your face, I'm just casually mentioning that I like her, and it was at a time where everybody was sick sick of her, whether it was like, oh, she's overplayed, or oh, she's not country, or oh, her love life, but it's like, some of those things also, it's like, it's the same for any other artist, people, the media just chose to, I love it too, like, she wasn't trying to be in everybody's faces, she was doing her own work, and some of it was just that media chose to overexpose her, and it's like, sorry that I like her music, because I think, because I connect to it, and the radio and the media chooses to make it, in your case, in your opinion, obnoxious. But, like, I also think she's good. And there's a reason she's selling sold-out tours. And, like, I don't think she's doing anything annoying. So just, like, I'm not going to make you listen to her. But also, can you not make me feel bad for the fact that I like her? I have gotten much better about that. I, the me of the past, very much used to be the person who... As I've said already a few times, I've been a big fan of Taylor Swift now since 2007. That's 14 years ago. That's a long time. But the me of the past, when people would say, like, oh, she's so annoying, or oh, her music sucks, I would just be like, oh, 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 okay, and I would just kind of shut up about it. The me of today 
I say this to Manny all the time because he loves to insult things that I love. Jokingly, <laughs> jokingly, allegedly it's a joke. <laughs> um, but I tell him, like, let people like what they like. So the me of today is much more likely to stand up for the things that I like, like Taylor Swift. So if somebody now says to me her music sucks, I'm like, well, clearly it doesn't if she's one of the biggest selling artists of all time. And also, that's subjective. You might think her music sucks, but that doesn't mean that it objectively sucks. That's your opinion. My opinion is I think her music is great. Yeah. Oh, I was so scared to have my own opinions when I was younger. I was just kind of like, yeah, okay. Oh, like anytime, anytime anybody said something, I was just kind of like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> but I was also a very yeah, different person when I was younger. Same. I thought I was straight when I was younger, so clearly things have changed. <laughs> 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 Anyways, back to Taylor Swift. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah, Manny. <laughs> Manny, are you still there? Yes, I'm still here. <laughs> No, I'm just I'm listening. I'm taking it all in. And Steph, to your point, like, I, I will jokingly, you know, say like, oh, how could you like this? It's so bad. Like, specifically with Grey's Anatomy, that's the one thing where like, that was the one where I was like, okay, I've gone too far. Let me, let me just scale back. Yeah, um, I got really mad at you. I don't know if you could tell. I, <laughs> I could tell by the text message. Yeah. I was I will, DMing there, Amy and I was like, I was so frustrated. Show. Oh my gosh, segue though. Segue into back into Taylor. She wrote she one of White Taylor's Horse, cats. White, well also White Horse was on White Horse Grey's was on an episode Anatomy. of Grey's Anatomy. It was. It was on an episode of Grey's and Anatomy. We, go, and go she ahead, was go a go cat ahead with what you were saying. Meredith, Grey. Meredith. Meredith. Yeah. <laughs> Specifically after Meredith Dr. Meredith Grey. Grey from Grey's Anatomy. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, a hundred percent. And like We've said it on the show multiple times when we had Kat on to talk about Dear Evan Hansen. We said, enjoy the things you enjoy and then move on from the things that you don't. So that's what, you know, we've been trying to get across the last, for me personally, like the last year. Like, I will go to bat to someone on why I don't like something, but then I'll say, but I'm glad you enjoy it. Enjoy the things you do and then just move on. You have your like, fun. On, you have your fun on Discord and then you're like, sorry, Kat. <laughs> Oh, I, I, Kat, did you see the screenshot of us saying, sorry, Kat? It's so oh, many I times. Oh, I anyway. saved it. Because <laughs> you were like, you yes, apologizing no, to me. And I was like, I'm saving this for later. It's great. But yeah, like specifically with, in music, especially with me personally, I'm like, it's not for me. And that's, you know, how I would talk about a lot of music that's on the radio right now. Imagine Dragons. It's not for me. I can go in to tell you like why it's not for me, but I never try to make it a personal thing of you're a bad person or you're a child if you do like all this stuff. Like my Spotify top songs of like last year were High School Musical, the musical, the series. Like I am not one to talk. I will just, yeah, exactly. I will just listen to whatever. Um, But I guess like this is a good point to start talking about the album itself and my thoughts on it. Here we go. Wasn't a fan. But, the, but I didn't hate any of the songs, okay? There wasn't a song that I said, yeah, this is bad. I just felt, for me personally, was not something that I would put on um, willingly, except for a couple of tracks. Okay, well, what was the, the peak and the pit of the album, in your opinion? Like, what was your least hated track and most hated track? 
track that I enjoyed the last time mm. I enjoyed that track. Underrated. Mm, very so underrated good. song. Good one. So underrated. Um, was it Begin Again? Is that the... <gasps> you no, wait, hate hold it? On. What? No, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. No, 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 no. no. Hold on. Hold on. God. Guys, 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 riot. guys, guys. These are songs These are songs that I enjoyed. Okay. 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 Going okay. With the things that I enjoyed. <laughs> like, that was one of my favorite songs from the original album, so I was about to, like, Take cry. Same. For, okay, chill go out, ahead. Go ahead. Chill out. This I'm is, chill. These are songs that I enjoyed. Um, I'm calm. It's fine. No, it was... Oh, Nothing New with Phoebe Bridgers. You know, yes. we're on that Phoebe Bridgers. I have so many it, questions about that song. And I liked Babe. I think that those are the three highlights for me. Okay. Uh, um, three lows for me. Oh, I'm nervous. Um, I'm so sorry. Okay. I didn't okay. like Message in a Bottle. It's okay. That's okay. I f- I'll, I'll accept that. It's, like, it's very poppy. It's like I said in the chat. It's like that's the kind where like initially when I heard it, I was like, meh, okay. And then like when I'm in the mood to like dance around my room or something, I'll play. Like it's, it's catchy in the sense that suddenly I'm like, I wasn't intentionally like learning it, but suddenly I heard it in my head. I feel like it's one of those songs of like the earworm thing of... I wasn't like, yes, this song like speaks to me. But then like later when I when I wanted to like dance around a little bit, it was like most of the album's a little sad. So that one can be I fun. I feel that way too. It's it's a fun it's it a fun kind of song, goes, but yeah, in the same category as like stay 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 yeah. and starlight, yeah. like those kind of like bouncy happy songs. I'm like I see the, the appeal, like but I often skip them. Yeah, speaking about stay, 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 I didn't really like stay, stay, yeah. stay either. I it's, thought it's that's okay. I think that's a pretty popular opinion. It's a very popular opinion. I said it in the chat, and I was like, this sounds like uh, uh, royalty-free music that they'll play like on a kid's channel. Like that's <laughs> Oh, what that's it, what you were referring to? But, okay. Yes, I was referring to that one, yeah. not uh, okay. We're Never Getting yeah. Back Together. That yeah. That's an actual song that, you know, I'm also not the biggest fan of that. It's not the worst thing in the world. Mm. It's kind of cat, like it's catchy and stuff. I don't like the difference in the wee he's in the song. <laughs> I know that I, apparently these are the original ones than the ones that are on the first version of the album and stuff. I like that version better. The wee he's. Um, but the wee he's, yes. Wee he's. Listen, you can have, you know, a lot of <laughs> things, but if something sounds a little bit off, then it, it'll sound off. And to me, it sounded very high it's a higher pitch okay. have you guys ever listened that's to, a popular uh, to... opinion that's okay. everybody is saying that yes have you ever listened to willow smith's song uh meet me at our spot no yeah no. anyways okay so it's <laughs> the live it version is yes, way preferred by everybody is a hundred percent better than the studio version because of just her pitch is better it sounds more open it sounds way better than the studio version and i feel her like her voice sounds fuller it does sound fuller on the live version than on here and it's like like it's very like kid i don't want to say like kitty but it sounds way more fake okay. than like other things and not to say like this like this version of never getting back together sounded like that but that was like the closest parallel i could be it's like this version is a little bit more I guess refined, which is interesting because this is supposed to be the Taylor's version is supposed to be the more refined versions of the songs, the way that she wanted to do it. Um, but it's just a difference in I liked the original one better than the new one. Um, I think those would be my two lows of the album. The rest of it was fine background noise, um, but there wasn't a whole lot that grabbed me from it. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, like, personally wounded by anything you said, so, like, that's Same. good. <laughs> because 
Year two lows, I mean, Stay, Stay, Stay is cutesy, but it's never been anywhere close to a favorite. And then for We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together, uh, the the weehees, as you say, that's um, that, that's been kind of a point of contention with a lot of fans since the um, re-recording and honestly- dropped. I kind of agree with you. I liked I liked the the previous. And I clearly I haven't say... I haven't listened close enough on that song to even know it. So clearly I'm not like one to speak on this. I will say the the Weehees sounded better when I was listening surprisingly in my car. Huh. Like it it sounded oh, better. Yeah, it sounded better on my car stereo as opposed to listening uh through my AirPods. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, yeah, those would be the two. Uh, there was another thing that I wanted to mention. 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 Wow, mention. <laughs> um, You're doing great, sweetie. Let me see if I can find it. But there was a song where there was a specific point that reminded me of 1985 by Is It Bowling for Soup? Oh, you oh, said it was um, about Starlight. Mm, Starlight. Starlight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Bowling for Soup, the song 1990, Bruce Springsteen, Madonna, way before. Yeah, that song. Um, they do these woo-hoo-hoos. Yes, we're going from wee-hees <laughs> to woo-hoo-hoos. Um, so they do some woo-hoo-hoos uh, throughout the song. And listening to Starlight, they sounded very similar. So when I heard them for the first time, I was like, oh my god, I can only think about 1985 right now. I can't even think about the song that I'm, th- that I'm listening to, um, which is Starlight. Which, also, I wasn't the biggest fan of. Um, but that's neither here or there. See, I love Starlight. It didn't used to be one of my favorites, but over the years, it's really grown to be a song that I enjoy a lot. It's a really sweet song about, um, Ethel, what are their names? Ethel Kennedy. Eth- yeah. I just Kennedy's. know it's for Ethel, so like Connor Kennedy's grandparents? Right, 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 right. What was... I don't know the guy's name. <laughs> oh, God. Go into Google. Go into Google. Ethel Kennedy, Ethel... Bobby. Oh yeah, yeah. Bobby. Bobby. Bobby on the board. Uh, yeah. Okay. So like Bobby Who's and Ethel. Who's the lyrics? <laughs> I'm at Bobby on the boardwalk. We're fake fans. It was literally in the lyrics. Yeah. Um. <laughs> wait, am I singing? Did you say fake fans? Am I singing the wrong lyrics? No, no, no. I'm saying we're fake fans because we couldn't remember his name. Oh. Literally <laughs> in the lyrics. Okay. Well, also like, like the first line of the song. I will say that's one of the ones also where it's like. There's certain ones where I, I can appreciate the story and I can appreciate like like with Stay 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 I'm like oh she had the, she had this really sweet time with this boyfriend and like or like I'm pretty sure that one was Connor Kennedy but like certain songs I'm like oh I appreciate the story and like and it sucks that some of the ones I'm not I'm not so keen on are the happier ones and I'm like I can appreciate that she was happy at the time but also just like the lyrics themselves I'm like meh. Like, I mean, I don't think there's any... Is it because we're unhappy and can't relate? <laughs> Is this a reflection on us? I don't know. I mean, like... Should I be concerned? I mean, that's something that, like... Possibly. Some, I think my cousin pointed out to me at one point when I was like, I don't listen to, this, I don't listen to that much sad music. And she showed me my whole playlist. And I was like, oh. <laughs> so, like, well, no, because I love Holy Ground. Oh, That's Holy one of my Ground. favorites. So it's just something about, like, something about certain storytelling that she does. Like, if there can be really beautiful, like... I don't think there's anything wrong with like simplistic lyrics that can be really, really beautiful sometimes, but oftentimes something about if the lyrics are a bit more just like kind of straightforward or a bit more repetitive, even, even if it's a really beautiful song, I'm kind of like, eh, okay. And 
those songs just on this particular in this particular instance didn't seem to catch me as much i don't think any of them are bad by any means like any even the ones that i'm not like as the ones i usually skip like never getting back together like i can still see the appeal of them and of course i still know all the words and i'll still like dance to them if if it comes on but i don't think there's any like bad ones by any means they're just the ones that i'm usually like meh i can deal without this yeah and that's one of the things that like i want to get across is that i don't think the album was bad per se like there wasn't a song that i could say like oh that's terrible or anything like that but they just they're just weren't for me and that's i think a positive uh to say is that like there wasn't anything that made me say like um yeah this is really bad or anything like that it was fine it was fine i'd give it you know like a 2.5 or something like that oh it was it was okay <laughs> out of what that's worse oh. than Nick's out score. <laughs> I know. Speaking of Nick's no. score, Kat, uh, he just he just finished watching Home Alone and he gave it four stars oh, and he gave him. Mulan three point five. Fuck him! Oh, he cannot. No, <laughs> no, we no. <laughs> he, no, he really he rated Mulan three point five and he gave Home Alone four. I mean, like Home Alone's cool. Yeah, it's a it's a great movie, but like, no. <laughs> Oh, Wait, God. the animated or the animated. Like, animated. live action remake? The original, he gave it, it 3.5 oh. like stars. Out of five. This is out of five. Yeah, but he's rated so He rated, like, Jackass 4, and I'm like, I can't talk to you right now. Oh, that's just bad taste. <laughs> <laughs> I would agree with that. Okay, if anything, I would at least put Mulan and Home Alone at the same rating. Like, oh, God. Okay. Anyways, this is not about those. I will talk to him later. <laughs> But yeah. uh, you rated anyways, this. You yeah, rated uh, this worse than you rated this two point five. I don't listen. M- movies and music are not the same, which is why I don't rate maybe, things. I just wanted to get maybe that it's time out of you. to hear our. You want you wanted to hear me in pain. Cat, cat. This is what I will say. The album is is a, is a three letter word. I think it's mid. I, oh. but, but that's just my opinion. No, but, it's red. <laughs> <laughs> That was a good one, Amy. But again, that's just my opinion. I don't hold my opinion that highly, and neither should any of Let's... you guys. We're just talking about you know, I don't. things. I, <laughs> I, I know I you think... don't. Stuff. I think it's time for, I mean, I kind of already said a little bit about my opinions on this. Let's. I would like to hear Amy and Steph's, like, because we said this before, like, our top favorites and our least favorites, and then I'll kind of, like, chime in with mine, because I've kind of, I've made a couple of mine already pretty vocal, so I'd love to hear y'all's, like, favorites and least favorites. Steph, do you want to go first? <laughs> I was going to ask you if you want to go first. <laughs> oh, I, I can go first. That's fine. Okay, I have to think about it. Yes, please. Okay. Okay. Um, where should I start? Should I start with my favorites or my least favorites? Start with your favorites. We like talking about the positive stuff here on the show. Okay. Um, my favorites are, well, number one is the extended version of All Too Well. The, and yeah, the correct version. <laughs> there are so many... So many reasons that I love it so much. And I think it part of why I love it is like seeing the evolution of of the song and how I reacted and relate to the song. Like the original one, I loved it. I screamed it in my car all the time. Like, you know, it's it's a great kind of like heartbroken song that a lot of people can relate to. But then when you get to hear the extended version, 
this is no longer like kind of anybody's like heartbreak story. This is her heartbreak story. Like you get to see intimate details into a relationship that you didn't know about before. And the third final like kind of tear of this for me was watching the short film version. First of all, it didn't quite make me hate Dylan O'Brien and that is only because I've had a crush on him since I was like 17 Manny's boy <laughs> Amy he's my he's my boy I love Dylan O'Brien Amy I finally made it to to voice styles of uh, <gasps> my Teen favorite oh <laughs> I love him so much I I just I cannot um but there was um this one particular scene and I talked with Steph about this already I and maybe with all of you, I can't remember, but um, the scene in the kitchen that was between um, him and her, as they're called in the end credits, um, that was a conversation that I had had with an ex multiple times, yelling in the kitchen about how his friends, like, were fine but like he treated me like crap when we were around them and he would tell me that I was being crazy and that I was it was my fault because I wasn't like interacting like there was just all these things that he would put the blame back on me and I like when I watched that the first time I just I started crying because you know looking back on that that was about like five or six years ago for me so that was hard to watch because you're seeing kind of this evolution of her looking back on this relationship and sharing these details with us and then I had this kind of parallel moment of looking back on the my own relationship seeing that experience that I also had and realizing now like the the manipulation that I had experienced the gaslighting like the crap that I went through it's just it, it made it more relatable but also like much more personal for her um I just went off on one song, so I'm sorry. Back to <laughs> no, back to no the assignment, which are like my favorite. Have you heard how Agreed much I've been talking? All of that. You go off as much as you want to. <laughs> there is no time limit. All too well is my favorite. All too well. Well, plus, go, okay, go, no, you go off all as long well. as you want to. No apologies. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. We don't allow apologies um, here. All too well. The 10 minute version is also so complex compared to the original version I when I knew that the like 10 minute version was going to come out I had anticipated that it was going to be the same song and we were getting a couple of extra verses and they were going to be very similar to what was already in the song and when I heard it for the first time I was really like shocked and in awe of the whole thing because the mix was different the way that she was like singing was different everything just felt it felt like a different song and that was really exciting because I had expected something much less grand to come out of this like I just thought I was going to get like more verses the chorus again more details but this was so much more than I had anticipated okay so that was all too well love that song love it more now Moving on, <laughs> um, my if we're doing like top three, I guess like I'll pick one of the newer tracks from the vault, and that's the one that she did with Phoebe Bridgers. Um, nothing new. It's it's so good. I've listened to it so many times, and I just have so many questions about this song. Like when she wrote it, did she intend for it to be a duet? Like who did she have in mind to sing this with her? Was she gonna do it by herself? Like I just. I want to know what her thought process was behind it because it's such a great song and I love it and I love it with Phoebe included. I think she adds such a great like 
just kind of other like tone to it and I, I love her anyway so I think that was really cool and then um Holy Ground is just one of my favorites it's always been one of my favorites um so I, I just loved listening to that again because it's it's just such a good song and it holds up agreed Steph oh uh wait Amy what are your low moments oh yes the sorry oh <laughs> sorry okay <laughs> no that's a, no apologizing remember yes, no yes, apologizing you're right you're right okay this is going to be probably like really really controversial maybe um or maybe it won't be I don't know but I have a really hard time listening to Ronan yeah hmm. I get that and it's it's not that it's not a beautiful song and it doesn't have great lyrics, but I just have a hard time listening to it because it makes me really, really sad. Same. Same. And I can only listen to it, like, once in a while, and I will probably, like, cry every time I listen to it. So that that one, just for me, is, like, it's it's too sad, and I can't handle it. Gotcha. Um, not that I don't love it, no. but I can't handle it. I mean, if, it, if um, it helps, like, I can't listen to Soon You'll Get Better. I listened to it, like, when it first came out, yeah, and I'm like, same. nope, I'm Same. like, I'm done. <laughs> It's the same thing, and now I, like, skip it almost every yeah. time because it makes me upset. So, like, <laughs> Especially those two like... songs are the same for me. I cannot listen to them, um, or else I will be a sabbing mess. Which <laughs> yeah, because my mommy is too important to me. I can't listen to that yeah. song. Like, it's, it's, it's too yeah. much. It's too much. But, yes, c- continue. Yeah. We, we, get you, we get you on that um, one, though. We get you on that one. Thank you. And then... I don't know. I think because I heard I Knew You Were Trouble so many times when this album came out, I don't really listen to it that much anymore. Because, I mean, this was the time where there was a huge boom in like EDM dubstep music. And a lot of pop artists were getting in on that kind of sound. And I felt like this was kind of like, cause this was, I remember like articles coming out about this song when this song, I don't remember if like when if this came out as like a single or when the album was released, but everybody was like, Taylor's venturing into dubstep. Like that was what this was like marketed as. And it was played all over the radio, like every 10 seconds. And I just, I, I overdid it. Like I heard it too many times. So that's, the, that was a, like a less exciting song to me because I, I had already burned out on it a long time ago. Also the goat video. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, and I think about that like every time. It turned into such <gasps> a meme. Yeah. It yeah, yeah, it did. Okay, now I'm done. I've said my piece. But be- beautiful opinions. <laughs> be- beautiful opinions. Thank yes. you. Okay, so All Too Well, the 10 minute version, obviously is such a high point for me. For all of the exact same reasons as Amy. Like, pretty much word for word what she said. So I don't have to repeat anything she said on that part. Just know, same thing. Completely agree. I went very in-depth. You did. You did. And you nailed it. (laughs) Um, As for other high points, from the vault, I would have to say Better Man. I have just been absolutely loving I loved that song when uh, Little Big Town did it, when she gave the song to them. But I just think Taylor's version is so beautiful. And I really relate to it. Um, And then, God, if I really had to pick, I have a hard time narrowing it down to just three. Because I have a really hard time picking between 
come back, be here, holy ground, and state of grace. Well, I already picked holy ground, so you can pick one of the other two. <laughs> okay. So that we, we have, like, different songs that we're talking about. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Um, okay, so then let's say state of grace. As much as I love come back, be here, I think state of grace is... I mean, in my opinion, it's the best opening song on any of Taylor's albums. I just remember when I was 19, uh, I was driving a 2000 Chrysler Sebring convertible and I popped that red CD into my CD player in my car and I didn't know what to expect, but State of Grace came on and those drums just really captivated me. And I just remember playing that song over and over and over and over and over so that to me I love the re-recorded version it's such a standout will always love that song it is so good it just gave me such like I don't know how to explain it but I imagined just being in a stadium like I've been to plenty of concerts in stadiums before and I just imagine that song being the perfect, like, kind of almost like arena rockish kind of song. So, yeah, just, just love it so much. As for my low points, Stay, Stay, Stay is really just a skip for me. So, you know, we don't have to go too in-depth on that one, but that is one of my low points for sure. And then I almost hate to say it, but I think... If I had to choose another low point for me, it's 22. I was going to say the same. (gasps) Just because, listen, I love that song for what it is, but the re-recorded version, it's just missing the youthfulness, I guess, of the original one. Obviously, I mean, she's 10 years older now than when she first recorded the song. But still, there's just something missing that was there in the original version. And I just, I still love it. I still sang it all day on my 22nd birthday. But <laughs> it's just, yeah, it's it's not one of my favorites. I, I just feel that it's missing the same kind of charm that it had in 2012. Wow. And here I was thinking that I had bad taste. I'm kidding. I'm Jesus kidding. Jesus Christ, Randy. <laughs> got, got. Anyways, Listen, so my it's, favorite. It's a joke. I, I, like 20, <laughs> I like 22, but I do agree that, you know, it is not as useful. U- not useful. Youthful. youthful. I cannot speak. Youthful. It's not as youthful. Kat, yeah. I want to hear about your your picks. Okay. You know, we've heard from Steph. We've heard from Amy. We've heard from me. I want to hear about your interests yeah. and your top and your bottom of the album. Yes. So in, I've kind of stated this over and over and over again. And if you are a fan of the Wangers and you saw last night's episode, you will already know that my favorite is All Too Well. And the 10-minute version is just, like, incomparable. Um, it's It was already my favorite song of hers. Even though I, I, I didn't have the same similar experience of, like, an ex, an ex-partner. Um just the heartache and the turmoil of that song really hit me when it came out. I remember like the amount of times that I would like, if I had to, if I had to like do my chores, but I was like really upset, I would just like be blasting that song and be like, this is how I feel like the bridge. I mean, we all know that Taylor does, Taylor does an exceptional bridge and just like, 
all the all the intense emotions of that song just always hit me. I love the ten minute version. I love how just honest and unfiltered it is. The short film's amazing. Um, but I digress. We can talk about the short film more later. I just yeah, all too well has always has been my favorite song of hers pretty much since I first heard it and the ten minute version just makes that even more true. Um from the vault I really love Better Man. I've said it before when we were chatting. I first heard it, I think honestly, I think I first heard it when Little Big Town performed out on like one of the country music award shows back when I watched those. And even though I relate to it for different reasons than a romantic relationship, I heard it and I was just like, wow, this is very real for me. And so that one's definitely one of my favorites from The Vault. Um... I don't consider this one's not from the vault, I guess, because it was on her like extended version of her original red. But I really love the moment I knew. It's becoming very clear, as I said before, that I'm really a fan of the tragic songs, and just like any songs that she's very like anybody's very very open about like the horrible things they've been through. Um, even though that song is like very very sad, and she's talking about her birthday and she's sobbing in front of people, and like you just want to hug her. I love the moment I knew. It's sad girl autumn, babe. It's sad it's girl autumn. Like, relish, and <laughs> relish the yes. season. But, and then on a, on a lighter note, um, the other one I absolutely love from, like, the original CD, I love Holy Ground. And it's just, it's, it's so good. It's, it's nice that I, that I love one that's a bit more upbeat because I need, I need one that's like, <laughs> I need one that's actually like danceable as opposed to me just being like, I'm over here and I feel things like I love like the spinning like a girl in a brand new, like I just, it's so, it's so good and it's so upbeat and like, and just like you feel it and like, it's one of those ones where I feel like it has that, that light, that lightness of a happy song of like new relationship, but also it isn't as much of some of the, like the I don't like the term bubblegum pop, but some of like the some some of the ways that like songs maybe more like stay 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 are when it's happy, where it's just kind of like a bit more repetitive and a bit less. I, maybe I don't know if it's like poetic is the right word, but just something about the lyrics for Holy Ground just hit me more than some of the other happy songs. And I just, I don't know. I just, I love the, I love when she gets really in depth into her storytelling to the point where she's like really painting a picture and Holy Ground definitely does that. Um, for the least favorite, kind of what we touched on before, uh, we are never ever getting back together. I'm like, yeah, it's there. Like if someone, if it, if it's on, I'll sing along. It's like a fun song. Like good, good for her that she like put that out. But I'm like, meh. Um, and stay, 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 and then, like, 22, I mean, again, there's, like, hardly any Taylor Swift song that, like, if it comes on, I'll be like, no, I'm not singing, like, there's, I will, I appreciate them all, at least to some degree, but those ones are the ones that I'm, like, they come on my phone, I'm like, I can skip this, I'm like, meh, so I guess those are my, if I had to choose, like, bottom of the barrel, but even then, they're, they're still very good. You've heard from all four of us about what our top and least favorite um, songs of the album were. One of the things that I want to get into is the theme or themes of the album. All, all too well, we do know, well, allegedly, allegedly, 
is about allegedly. Jake Gyllenhaal. Allegedly. Allegedly, folks. Is about Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, and I don't want to be like this person to be like, you know, like, oh, you know, what are the, who are the other songs for? Because that's not the point. But a big theme of the album is toxic relationships and relationships that you will get yourself into or maybe not get yourself into, but relationships that you will be in, find yourself in. Yeah, that'll be toxic or that you can tell things are going to be toxic. Um, but some of the songs do talk about, I don't want to say like excitement about that because no one should ever be excited for a toxic relationship, but the interest might be the word or the, um, experiment of it, of saying like, you know, this might end up this way, but what's it going to be if I don't try it or not like try it, but what's it going to be if I don't give this person a chance or saying like, yeah, I can see this, but there's still something that gravitates me toward you. So I just wanted to talk a little bit about that um, and just sort of ask you guys um, what like what were themes for you that stuck out with that within this album? For me, it was um, the, that specific theme of toxic relationships and I don't want to say abuse per se, but um, mental or emotional trauma that can come with relationships and how you, yeah, and how you recover from those um, relationships and experiences in life. I mean, it's hard to think about what stuck out to me because aside from the vault tracks, I mean, I first listened to this album in 2012. (laughs) I mean, obviously there was a lot of heartbreak written about on this album which you know is is true for a lot of taylor swift albums but really for this one in particular it seems like um wanting one of the running themes throughout the whole thing was heartbreak and it's part of why i connected to it so much in 2012 and still today yeah completely completely understandable it's it's a part of the album it's on there for everyone to see and hear and relate to and learn from and in some cases grow from it as well uh i guess i don't want to like take the floor again but another theme of it was growth and growing past a relationship and how do you forget someone who was you know a part of your life for a certain amount of time and i feel like that's something that a lot of people can relate to whether it's you know, a romantic relationship, whether it's a relationship with family members, with friends, co-workers, bosses, and all those other things. If something affects you, it's going to take time to grow from that, and you're going to have a lot of emotions um, and things that you're going to want to work through, and you'll look back fondly at some things, and you'll look back negatively at other things, and I feel like the album does a good job of showing retrospective with relationships after a certain amount of time. I mean, that's even mentioned in all too well with the line where she says i forget about you long enough to forget why i needed to so yeah i mean i agree with that i yeah and like going off of what stephanie said it's like i definitely think it's 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 i feel like it's definitely the album that's like associated with heartbreak the most i mean obviously like there's there's a bit of it with folklore because she's talking about like her music being taken from her so it's like a different kind of a different kind of like her life being turned upside down but with this one it's it's certainly a lot of it is romantic heartbreak but it's like we said before um certain lines can be 
applicable to any kind of heartbreak and just like kind of this this kind of feels like the first one of just that kind of devastation that kind of turns your whole life around and whether it's whether it's falling in love and realizing that the person is not who you thought you were or like with nothing new where she's like where she talks about going from like the shiny new girl and everybody being like oh my god you're Taylor Swift to to feeling like suddenly a little bit later in her career people are like she's not the the new toy anymore like new toy anymore or whatever symbolic name you want to give her and suddenly it's like she has to keep it's 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 a she's she's like in a different spotlight now because she's not like the new thing anymore um so whether it's like her professional life or her or her relationships or her friends or what have you um as I said before there's there's certain lines that even though I hadn't really had any kind of relationship experience when this album came out just the honesty that comes through on this album and especially like in, in things like all too well where it's just like or like I might be okay but I'm not fine at all just these lines about trying to cope and trying to get through whatever devastation you're facing and either trying to like smile through it because you feel like you have to or just learning how to live without somebody or things like that it's kind of what this so much of this album encapsulates and yeah um I don't exactly remember what the question was but that's it's definitely like I feel like that's a lot of what I mean even like when this album first came out she like I remember one of the words that she used to describe it was like tumultuous and like they're just talking about when you're going through that kind of love and heartbreak great I think that this album is also kind of a really good example of like youthful heartbreak young heartbreak because everything is felt so deeply I think because it's like new like at the at this age that she was at she was having like her first adult relationships and you know even with her one relationship that was with a man who was significantly older than her like this this was a lot of first times and I I feel like now as I am approaching 30 (laughs) yikes (laughs) I am um, too it's okay I (laughs) I feel you know about relationships and dating like I'm a little bit jaded I'm not like super heartbroken I'm just like disappointed and kind of like annoyed but I don't and and I kind of like miss this like I don't remember the last time I had like a crush on someone or when was the last time that I like felt intense heartbreak over like a a relationship ending like it's been so long and I haven't felt like that intense feeling for anyone in such a long time like it's it's just kind of a call back to when you're first having like those serious relationships and everything feels a lot more intense and dramatic because it's new I completely agree with that. And I feel I'm not trying to be like condescending or like, oh, I'm so like wise and experienced because I'm not. It's just I think based on my current experience, like when I was that age and I had like my first serious relationship around that age, like everything felt really new and exciting. And then when it ended, it felt really devastating. And I compare that to dating now. And it's it's not 
and maybe this is because you know like I'm not dating the right people but that's a whole whole (laughs) different topic Um, but it's it just it doesn't feel as emotionally intense and I feel like that's what this album kind of captures is that emotional intensity of like your first loves your first Mm -hmm. adult relationships where you're figuring out who you are still who you are in relation to this other person and how you both fit together and whether it works out or not yeah and going off of that I think a lot of it's just like I think regardless of whether it's romantic or whatever just whatever kind of heartbreaks you face between like between like your late teen years and like your mid-20s it's like a lot of times there's there's a shift because um and she talks about this a lot in her songs and she, like and all too well and like she talks a lot about being very wide-eyed or like naive or however she phrases it in her in different songs but and like she she's she used to say in like so many interviews that like I mean she's always been or at least when she was younger she talked a lot about being like a hopeless romantic and like she talked about being somebody who like gives so much of her heart to people and so it makes sense that in these situations where she's in that kind of middle ground between being a teenager and starting to be considered an adult, just trying to face that and trying to adjust and having those feelings like somewhere in between of still being young and maybe inexperienced, but also wanting to be taken seriously or like, or like, or trying to be in this relationship with someone significantly older and just, Again, like, obviously, I can't speak to her relationship because I only know what she's written about. But I feel like this album definitely showed a shift because, like, yeah, she had some heartbreak before, like, on Fearless and stuff. But partially that was with people. um, I think that was, like, when, like, both of them were, like, teenagers and such. And there was that shift of, of, I mean, this one, obviously, she's literally, like, 22 when it came, or 22 or 23 when it came out. So there's that shift of being, like the young happy like the young like teenager and even though she's still so so young in her early 20s just that middle ground that so many of us feel in our early 20s of being like I just finished being a teenager but also I'm kind of an adult now kind of don't feel like one but also like don't want to feel too much pressure but also want to be taken seriously and also want to navigate my relationships however that is and all that plus being in the media and plus navigating her love life in the media I feel like it definitely shows how much she had to face at that age I feel like you definitely see that in this album I agree with everything you guys have said I don't know if I have anything else to add to be honest (laughs) yeah great points from everyone is there anything else that you guys well Hold on. There's one more thing that we need to talk about, which is the all too well music for the uh, short film. film. Short Sorry. film. <laughs> yes. Yes. I, cor- short I corrected film. myself. Short film. Okay. Which respect. she will most likely be nominated for an Oscar for and may win. You never know. Okay. I'm just. But short film is the correct term. Uh, aside from that, is there anything else that you guys would like to say about Taylor Swift or Red as a whole? Um, I love Taylor. Um, I don't think she'll ever listen. I, she's not gonna like ever listen to this. Just one of those things. Of like Taylor, I love you. Um, I just feel like I owe a lot to her because she's literally like one of the main reasons I ever picked up a guitar and tried songwriting. And um, some of you, like some people who are around me long enough to hear how much I talk about thing talk about things I'm passionate about, like 
music is a big part of my life and songwriting is a big part of my life and singing is a big part of my life. So like, I don't know if I'd be where I am without her. She was like the first one that had that kind of impact on me to be like watching, watching every single video she posted of like, I wrote the song about this thing I went through. And I'm like, I could do that too. Or like, she's playing guitar. And I'm like, and she like was like playing guitar so adamantly so that she could do these things. I'm like, I could do that too. So I don't know if I'd have those parts of my life if it wasn't for her. So I'm just, aside from the fact that I think she's amazingly talented and has amazing songs, like she's played a big part in shaping who I've become. So another reason that I am supporting her until the end. I love that. Love that. Mm -hmm. Amy Um, or Steph. No, Amy, go ahead. Oh. um, (laughs) Yeah, you know, I'm not a a songwriter. I sing in the shower and in the car, and (laughs) I can't, like, relate on that musical level, but just with, like, folklore coming out and Evermore at a time that we really had, like, nothing to look forward to, that was really meaningful to me because that was one of like two or three things that I saw ahead of me that I was like something great is coming and it it felt very much like like a gift to have something that I could enjoy and that could distract me from all of like the turmoil that was going on in the world and I am really thankful for that and also every time like you know music is very powerful and her music has gotten me through some really, really like dark times in my own life. And I, I'm just, I'm so thankful for her finding like where she was supposed to be in the world and to, for her like sharing it with us. Like it's, it's such a gift that she has. And I feel like it's, it's a gift because, you know, I get to enjoy it here and I get to talk about it with you all. And it's really important to me. So thanks, Taylor. I love you. I love you so much. Notice me, please. Uh, yeah. So Taylor, invite me to your next film premiere. I'm an hour outside of New York city. What the heck? Uh, still looking for that invite. No, invite Uh, secret sessions. (laughs) Yes, please. Please. No, I I just love Taylor Swift so much. I mean, like I said, I have been listening to her music for so long. Um, it really was... I, I grew up with her, essentially. I mean, just thinking about, like, Red and what that album meant to me at the time. The crazy thing that I know now that I didn't know then um, is her relationship with Jake Gyllenhaal, allegedly... Uh, you know, the age difference between her and him is the exact same age difference that I had with a man that I was seeing, uh, the year that 2012, the year that Red came out. Um, that was not a toxic relationship. He was wonderful, but I knew that it was going to end because he was only here in America because he was studying abroad. And I knew that his student visa was coming to an end and he would move back to Europe and that would be the end of it. But I started seeing him anyway. 
so it's just kind of crazy to think about the fact that I had a relationship with this same age gap. And then shortly following that, also in 2012, after he left, I had another relationship with somebody my age that was very, very toxic, very abusive. And I found myself relating so much to so many of the songs on Red. And this guy and I would sit in my car, that old 2000 Chrysler Sebring convertible, and we would listen to Red together. And then he would say, like, he would put on, um, like, The Last Time or something like that. And he would say, this song says everything I need to say to you right now. And that's how we would communicate. And it was so stupid. Um, but it's what we did. <laughs> the whole thing was just like so, but the whole relationship was so toxic. But Taylor's music ended up getting me through the wild year that was 2012 for me. Um, it, it got me through many years following with every album release. And it's just truly like been such a magical thing to have this artist that I have loved since... I was 2007, I was 14. So to have this artist that I've loved for half my life at this point, um, whose music has meant so much to me that I've been able to lean on, that I've been able to look forward to, like whenever she would announce an album, it would be a big thing. And no matter what I was going through, I would have that to look forward to. And then, you know, going back to what Amy said about her releasing Folklore and then Evermore during quarantine is that just was like so good because it was such a hard time to go through for all of us. And those songs just kind of took you away into this world that she wrote and these stories that she wrote. And it just, again, impacted my life so deeply. And I just, I... I'm so eternally grateful for her and for her work, and I I just can't say that enough. Taylor, you've had, <laughs> well, I, I, Taylor, you've had some good songs. You've done some great things for the community uh, and music as a whole. You're setting a new example for artists owning their own masters, which I think is really good. And you've done um, great things with contracts for new artists that people will end up signing. Um. I feel really bad because I don't have all this emotional, I don't, like, attachment to Taylor. We should have had um, you go first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Taylor, I'm glad that you're making music for an audience that you know and love. Um, I'm glad that you continue to strive to do your best, that you're a hard worker that cares about your craft, and I'm glad that my friends have been able to find some forms of solitude in your music and you as a person. We love you, Taylor. <laughs> they love we you. love you, Taylor. Nice, well, I told you guys I would be nice. <laughs> I appreciate that. So, 100%. so I guess the last thing then is the All Too Well short film. Yes, the All Too Well short film runs about twelve minutes with credits. Um, so, I think it was a little longer. I thought yeah, it was like it fifteen been minutes. A bit fifteen. I think it's fifteen minutes. Um, I'm gonna investigate. The, I know that the video is about 15 minutes. I don't okay. know exactly how long the actual film goes. Mm, okay. Um, oh, gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha. But I mean, where to um, begin? It's but so yes. good. Yeah, it's about fifth. It's about you know 14 minutes. 
Um, this is a short film that has Sadie Sink from Stranger Things and Dylan O'Brien from Teen Wolf, among other things. But, you know, we had our whole bit about Teen Wolf. Um, Please invite me back if you have any other episodes on Teen Wolf. I would love to dedicate one of your podcast episodes to um, Dylan as, like, a love letter. I wouldn't, I wouldn't <laughs> mind. I've seen a lot of Teen Wolf. I wouldn't mind, like, being there in the background and occasionally throwing in, like, yeah, hello, Rogan. Yeah, Lydia. <laughs> yeah no uh, amy you know that when that teen wolf movie releases next year i will have you back on the show but yes we didn't mean to start talking about teen wolf when we were talking <laughs> about dylan o'brien um but. dylan o'brien you know teen wolf maze runner um he is i believe 31 30 i will investigate who cares anyways <laughs> i love this amy um he's about nine ten years older than sadie sink um, and that is supposed to mirror the relation. Yes, that is supposed to mirror the alleged, once again, alleged relationship between um, Jake Gyllenhaal and Taylor alleged. Swift at the time. <laughs> and so, um, you know, when I heard like short film, I thought it would be mostly dialogue, but a lot of it is um, told visually and through the use of the song All Too Well, which this is. Um, representing it's representing that storyline in all too well so a lot of it is just pretty visuals and pretty people so i i enjoyed that um, aspect of it there is the scene that you're talking about earlier with them at the uh kitchen when after the party and stuff and there was when that hand thing happened i was like okay i i see why people are mad now i was like the hand and then him saying, like, oh, I, I don't even know what you're talking about. I never did that. I don't even remember that. And so For one, even if really... you don't remember, that's not how you react. Like, that was my immediate... Yeah. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I feel toxic. I think toxic. from what I th- when we were talking about it in the group chat, because we were like, oh, my God, the video. Um, I think part of my initial reaction <laughs> was from my own experience of, like, gaslighting stuff of suddenly being like, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't, like, be mad. And then, like, no, wait a second, like... Even if he doesn't remember, that's not, like, that's not how you should react. Like, if he didn't remember, you could still just, like, he's, like, he kept, like, attacking her, being, like, you're holding me hostage for this thing. It's, like, you could just say, I didn't realize I did that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like, that's not how you react to that. Crazy. He called her crazy. He said, he, you're ma- he said I don't think I'm making you feel this way. You're making you feel this way. And holding, he was, like, yeah. holding me hostage for something I don't remember. Or, like, don't look at me, like, that way. It's not fair. Like, basically, every action, she, everything she said or did, he was, like, magnifying it and saying, like, making it, like, all about how she was reacting and, and like, how she was affecting him. <laughs> but. Like, he, he would throw mm-hmm. everything Narcissist. back on her. Um, but. I will, yeah. and like and like for those I mean I, I feel like all of us here might know because we because we've like at least me Amy and Steph might know and maybe have like told Manny because we were like oh my god did you know this but like I know that I know that in that scene they also like I, I don't know if it wasn't supposed to be as long but like I know Sadie and Dylan did some ad-libbing and they just couldn't take the camera off of them because it was so good so I'm I'm just and I, I I'm somebody who just like I love when the ad-libbing works and I love in that scene how so much of it is just, like, one take, and, and like, Manny was saying, a lot of it's not dialogue, but I feel like that also, in this case, not that, not that Manny was saying anything bad about that, it's just, like, in this case, it doesn't, I, I like the fact that the few times there are dialogue, 
it it's like such important dialogue and everything else you either see them talking but don't hear it or it's just that the song speaks for itself and then like the one moment that isn't talked about in the song is so important to the story I feel like everything's done really well I feel like as somebody who who has gotten a real appreciation for like cinematography and filmmaking and like what this shot means or like if it follows this or if it hangs on this person's face and what that means as somebody who's looked into that more and more and like the meaning behind that I feel like this was done really well I love how all of it I love how all of it was done I think it was done really beautiful and not just because I'm a big fan of Taylor Swift but I love yeah I just I mean I don't know I pretty much thought it was perfect and yeah I'm biased but I don't care (laughs) I thought it was I thought it was really really amazing I mean, when you've been a victim of gaslighting, which um, we've talked about this in our group chat, is that um, it's so hard to call it what it is because the word is so overused today and people call things gaslighting that are not gaslighting. So then when you actually experience it, people don't take you seriously because it's just such a buzzword. But when you actually have experienced it, watching that the the film and in particular that scene in the kitchen is so uh painful i mean i cried so hard and that's why i haven't rewatched it yet because it just was so um i think i rewatched it like like once and it just was so something else that's tough with gaslighting that we discussed before is that like any kind of toxicity like that, whether like narcissist or gaslighting or what have you, some combination of it is like when that's happened to you, it can be so hard to trust your instincts and trust or like or like trust your memories. And you could like you could you could see that in those moments and like and whether whether or not it's a relationship where you just don't want like where you're just assuming that it's you overreacting or like you don't want to mess things up or or they get mad and you just kind of be like oh they must be right because in that moment what they're saying makes sense like any combination of that it's so it can be so tough to trust yourself and to trust like and and I think like like I said like when I first watched it there were moments when like I almost not agreed with him but it was like I could see his point more than I wanted to, and it wasn't until after the fact that I was like, "Wait, the reason I'm seeing his point is because I'm kind of like giving into the gaslighting of like, of it shouldn't matter. Like if even if he actually didn't remember that, like that's not how he should respond." It was like in that in that initially I was kind of reacting as if I was the one being attacked, and then after the fact I was like, "Wait a second, this is either way, it's wrong," and. Unfortunately, so many of us can relate to that. So it's it it makes it that much stronger. It makes the scene so much more powerful. But it's also just overall just a really really difficult thing. And in that scene as well, at the very end, like he he sees that he pushed it too far. And he he kisses her and he apologizes. He's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And you see her like start to forgive him. And you know, like what's going on in her head is like, yeah, maybe I was overreacting. Like maybe that is my fault. I shouldn't have like said that. And 
I've been in that position before and like I could I could see it like I know that's what was going through her head and it's it's hard to watch when you've been through it and like I think a lot of us who were in that position like you can't really identify it when you're there but when you step outside and you look back on it you can see it happening um I was just gonna say you know unfortunately in my situation when I was going through it um when he was apologizing to her afterwards that's not something I ever experienced because what happened to me was you know that exact same kind of fight would play out but then it would keep going until I was forced to apologize for getting upset in the first place so it's just it's it's kind of I I don't have enough words for it it was just wild to watch it play out that way um in the film I think for me it was also something that hits me every time I watch it and it's just her reaction when they're hugging and you can kind of see like um whether whether it's like her second guessing herself or just her processing what's happening there's this look she has once they're hugging it kind of like made up and she's like leaning to his shoulder but she's kind of looking around just that was what really hit me because regardless of what she's supposed to be thinking, it looks like she's like trying to grasp what just happened and what that means for them or like, or like if she reacted the way she, it's kind of like open to interpretation, but just, it looks like she's uncertain about whatever she's feeling. And that really hit me. And, and just, and like, even, and like, even though he's apologizing, it doesn't feel like it's, it doesn't feel like a healthy it's not a healthy way to end it. Like even, even if his apology is sincere, like it's not like a healthy apology. And just like we were saying, that whole situation is so toxic. And, and in some of those situations, you don't even, yeah, like we were saying before, we don't, you don't even recognize how much you relate to it until you see it from somebody else. And because I feel like so often we, we rationalize and we like normalize and just kind of be like, well, we're, whatever situation we're in, we're like, well, it is what it is. So we just kind of go with it. And then you see it in other, you see it, someone else go through it and you're like, wow, that's really messed up. And then you think, oh shit, this is like what I went through. And yeah, I don't know. That's that whole, and it's like, also, it's so hard to, it's, it's a tough thing to label as like abusive or what have you. It can be so tricky when it's not physical and so I don't know, I don't want to label whatever the relationship, I don't want to try to label whatever the relationship was because I can't speak to it. I only know the song, but at least how that scene was portrayed, it shows how unhealthy it can be and how it can really mess with your instincts in your mind. And I feel like that just kind of goes with the toxicity of some of the potentially like emotionally abusive relationships whether or not it's intentionally abusive of just how much it alters like your thought process and such um I don't know I kind of feel like I'm going in circles at this point but just everything that went into that scene and unfortunately how relatable it is for a lot of us I think that outside of that scene, which has like the bulk of the dialogue in the short film, I think just having a visual um, 
visual representation of the song just makes it so much more powerful because you know it, it's one thing if we like we get to talk to each other right it's it's like a phone call but we we can't see each other's body language we can't see each other's facial expressions so we're not really getting like the full experience of like being in the same room as another person and like seeing them and talking to them and that's kind of like what this is it's like with with the the movie the short film you got to see like and I mean this was like an actor's portrayal but they are fantastic actors and you you get to see like the hurt on their faces and all of the like emotions that are going through like when they're they're dancing in the kitchen and then the next minute they're fighting and then you know there's just so much happening that it it's like you said before it's tumultuous it goes with the song and the ups and the downs and it's it's just such a great um I can't think of the word right now that I'm looking for um accompaniment to to the song itself it just I I feel like she I feel like yeah I feel like she gave just enough um I feel like she gave like just enough of like her own touch of like explaining like like I appreciated that certain moments were like going upstate or like the first crack in like she like when it says like the first crack in the glass or like um like little the little like mini titles of certain moments and I I liked how it was like just enough of like preparing you of seeing that title and being like oh this is when things are gonna get bad or like are you real question mark of like giving you a slight idea of what the scene's about to portray while also letting the scene speak for itself I really loved the the balance I guess of getting that slight bit from her of kind of explaining it to you, but then also being like, okay, this is this is the little tidbit I'm giving you. Here's the scene to show the rest, and you can just feel about it how you will. I, I don't really have a whole lot to say on uh, the short film, rather than I thought it was good, and I thought that it, you know, portrayed an interesting story, one of heartbreak, and like we were talking about, of gaslighting and emotional abuse. And I just hope that it speaks to a group of people, which I'm, which it certainly has. And I hope that people can find solace in uh, knowing that yeah. they aren't alone going through these kinds of situations and knowing that, um, I don't want to say that like you're not a bad person for not saying no because you guys are talking about how it's a difficult situation to sort of acknowledge in the moment. Um, but pretty much just acknowledging that, hey, you're not alone, um, and this is something that many other people have gone yeah. through. But I think on that note, I think that's it for this episode. Kat, let the people know where they can find you. My good buddy Bobby and I are making music um, on YouTube. We're just Bobcat Music, Bobcat with a cat with a K. And he also has us on TikTok. I think it's like, oh, shoot. Maybe come back to me. I have to go find the links. Um, yeah, come Ooh, back to no. me. <laughs> Amy, is there anything that you would like to promote, um, whether it be for yourself or for other people? Um, I didn't want to promote <laughs> other people. I definitely don't want to promote myself. I have nothing worth promoting. Hold on, hold on. Come back to me, too. 
All right, Steph, is there anything that you'd like to promote? It could be you. It could be another channel. It could be um, another content creator that does, I don't know, like Switch content or something. I do have a friend who sometimes makes video game related YouTube videos. A little less so right now because he's getting married soon, so life is busy. Uh, but you can check him out on YouTube at Here Be Gabe. You also should go check out uh, Switch Force on YouTube. I'm a moderator for his channel, and he's a pretty cool dude. So, yeah, that's that. You can follow me over on Twitter, Star Wars Nerd Nine. I think is still the name over there. You can go follow my letterbox, which is just my name, um, all one word. I think it's just Emmanuel Fuentes. So you can go, go do that. You can go listen to Red Taylor's version on Spotify, Apple Music. Apple Music gives you Dolby Atmos as well and Lossless Music. So you should go listen to all those stuff if you're interested in what we were doing today. Um, I don't have any self-promotion yet, but once um, you know we get into the the swing of Teen Wolf podcast, I will have more to promote. So stay tuned. Boom. Teen Wolf podcast. That's what she's promoting. She's promoting Teen Wolf Manny's version. I started an Instagram under Phoenix Andrews, but I haven't posted a lot yet. So if you want to go over there and see two whole videos of me doing original music, by all means, go watch, go watch Amateur Hour Films, The Winger Show. Yeah, go check them out. They're good. They're the reason we know each other, so... Well, they're the reason I know Kat, and then Here Be Gabe is how I know Amy and Steph. But in the end, we're all just a circle of connections. <laughs> exactly. Not, yeah, connections. Um, we'll see you guys and on three, the next... And three-fourths of us love Taylor. Yes. We'll see you guys next time. <laughs> Bye.